Hello, and welcome to the Sensitive Slut Podcast. I'm Mike Gurley, a retired WeHo gay, exploring the correlation between sex and meaning, probing the opportunities that our sexual playgrounds give us for contentment, community, and family. Thanks for joining. Winning the party. How my grasping for dance floor domination led to unnecessary suffering. By Mike Early, August 2nd, 2023. Two years ago, while in my 57th year, I began going out to dance parties again. And to my surprise, re-entering the gay dance party scene at 56 proved to be, and continues to be, a much more edifying experience than it was in my 20s. I have to give credit for this transformation to decades of seeking with my marriage family therapists, Karen, Jim, Winston, and Sharon. Uh, Before that, I did a forum-like intensive called The Experience. Um, I tried the Mankind's Project, uh, great organization, meditation retreats with some of my favorite uh, teachers in that area, Uh, a wonderful yoga teacher training. I did some timeline therapy and neurolinguistic coaching training, a tantra training, um, and I've always, uh, at least for the five, last eight, ten years, uh, have maintained a personal meditation practice. And let's not forget, drugs um, have helped as well. Of course, none of that would be possible if I did not have the willingness to look into my heart and unpack the results of the Idaho Mormon gay AIDS trauma I'd internalized. Walking through all that trauma history with a wide array of teachers is why I'm able to enjoy the cornucopia of pleasure, self-celebration, and connection I now enjoy everywhere, especially on the dance floor with my brothers. Everyone's life is different, and everyone's amount of trauma is different. My trauma required lots and lots of work. Some gays, like my husband, who've had relatively little trauma have the ability to find contentment without all those programs. Nearly 30 years ago, when I was 28, I went to my first white party in Palm Springs. It was still a big deal back then. I had resisted going for several reasons. I'd only been sober for two years. It was still more expensive than I could afford. And most of all, and most pertinent to this post, I didn't think I could compete with all the hotties I saw in the pages of Circuit Noise magazine the magazine covering circuit events pre-internet. It contained page after page of evidence that I needed to be something other than who I really was. Someone confident, excruciatingly beautiful, and ready for a photo op with 10 equally beautiful men. You know, the guys who were winning the party. So, without, I just, an aside here, I was fucking beautiful then. I just didn't realize it. Instead, I thought I needed to reinvent myself to be one of them. You know, I I felt like I needed permission to be on the dance floor. What if you got paid to go? I was prodded by my workout partner, Adam, to join the scene. He had connections with the producers, costume design skills uh, that could create these amazing bad bunny gear outfits. He had a body and cock that demanded attention. He made it possible for me to get paid to go, including a shared hotel room at Motel 6. All I needed to do was work a couple door shifts and dance on a box at the military-themed nighttime pool party. Adam thrived on the scene. He was a huge fan of the spotlight, any spotlight. He also ran with the other spotlight seekers, so I was sure to be surrounded by the top tier of circuit party meat sacks who had also prepared 
for the dance floor with Olympic-like workouts. We'd have outfits made by Perry, a talented queen who later went on to work for Lady Gaga. Military party, we climbed our separate camouflage riggings and had our very own spotlights to shine onto each other and across the sea of men and into the crowd itself, which garnered lots of attention. I had the body, I had the attention, I had the outfits, I had the validation of knowing I was on a towering box at what was then one of the biggest parties in existence. Guys who seldom gave me attention at Gold's Gym were looking up at me and smiling. I'd met Boy George. I'd visited one VIP hangout after another at the various parties. So when Adam turned his spotlight on me, I felt something unexpected. Something other than joy. I certainly wasn't happy, and that confused me. I was irritated. I was empty. And I felt betrayed by my feelings that came up. This was supposed to make me happy. Wasn't I dominating the party? Isn't that what makes a gay happy? Why wasn't I fucking happy? And this continued to happen as I attempted to win the party at the Probe, later called Icon, at the zoo party in San Diego, and on the small stage at the edge of the dance floor at Firehouse, which is now the chapel at the Abbey. Time after time, I gave my power away to men and boys who were strangers. Attachment to their approval was my primary source of validation and dignity. So the holy grail of permission granted by dance floor domination left me empty. Nearly 30 years ago, I learned in my yoga certification training what was causing that problem. It was one of the five kleshas. All five cause suffering. I was experiencing the suffering they predicted is caused by grasping, or another thing they call it is attachment. It's important to note that pain is not optional, sorry, but the suffering is. This is how number three of the five kleshas work. In Sanskrit, it's called raga. Grasping equals suffering. When I get X, I'll have happiness. If I can get that hottie to dance with me, I'll be okay. If I can get one million followers, I'll be content. If my body reaches X size, the world will love me. Yep, all those are sources of suffering, according to Patanjali, the sage who wrote all that stuff down. He said that non-grasping is what creates contentment. It looks like I find peace in the world as it is, with what and or who is in front of me at this moment. I let the world flow around me and go with it. I recognize no and honor it, then make a course correction towards love. I hold my own boundaries, and I say no, with love and dignity. My contentment is not reliant on the actions and reactions of others. On the dance floor, in a sex club, and while navigating L.A. traffic, the pain of not getting what I want can pop up and last a moment and then be gone. Or I can try to force it. I can try to force it to be something other than what it is. Grasp for something other than what life has put in front of me. And then I'll just suffer indefinitely. When I feel that icky vibe, that message, um, if I'm listening, I'll hear it. I say to it, thanks for sharing. I hear you. What's really going on? And because that's my ego talking, not the real me, the perfect me the yoga sages wrote about, I then ask my real safe, is there something I can let go of? And there usually is. Like 
just look at another one of the thousand men at this party. That guy not wanting to dance with you is not a problem. So now things are different. Like the rapper of my favorite Dove dark chocolate candy says, your vibe attracts your tribe. Since I no longer show up trying to dominate the party, I am no longer surrounded by narcissists unable to connect with anything outside their own agenda. I no longer need permission to be on the dance floor. When I stopped grasping for that permission, I was able to own my 58-year-old cis-white self and go where the love is. There is no longer a need to have a designer create outfit for me that will wow the other partygoers. Now I just wear the same jock and booty shorts to nearly every party. My husband and I are nearly often the only two men dancing in paratrooper boots. They're a nod to my kinky side, make me taller, and support my old ankles. More importantly, they are an extension of my authentic self. The party's big enough for all of us. When I'm at my best, I'm not attached to the need to have the entire venue, the entire community, or the entire country give me permission to be who I am. Because that comes, trite as it sounds, from inside myself. And then somehow, that makes me better able to celebrate the other guys on the dance floor who are doing what's authentic to them. The muscle guys bubbing up and down in their jeans and their stern faces, the sexy queens flashing smiles while twirling their skirts, and the Asian guys in their sensible outfits huddled together for solidarity are all things to be celebrated. They are not competition, they are family. (laughs) 